With over $138 billion in revenue in 2018, the global video game industry is bigger than the movie industry. And like every other vertical, we're starting to see blockchain-based alternatives to traditional gaming, both on computer and mobile. Today, we're all about the future of gaming as we welcome Ryan Rodden to the show. Publisher for CastleCrypto.gg, Ryan is tuned into the blockchain gaming world and will provide numerous insights into this nascent industry. So grab your joystick, uh, I mean, grab your controller, and press the any key. The Crypto Space Invaders are coming your way in episode number 347. What, 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 what? Of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And greetings from Denver, Colorado. Joel Com here. Oh, and over here is Travis Wright losing. What? Well, well. <laughs> Eating some mac and cheese, it appears. Oh, that's true. Uh, jalapeno chicken mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. We got gourmet, a great show for you guys. Gourmet shit. While, while Travis eats his jalapeno mac and cheese, we recently did this interview with Ryan Rodden. You know, I'm all about that gaming. In fact, Travis, we just got up uh, off an advisory call with um, a, a company that you're going to be hearing a lot about. In fact, let's just talk about them right now. It's called Upland upland.me it is a location-based property trading game paired with a decentralized economy so players can buy sell trade develop virtual properties based on real world addresses and blockchain technology ensures that you have true ownership of that property in fact uh, travis you and i have been buying up properties in the san francisco area because that is their initial release and they're going to be on the show in the not too distant future you guys can check it out go to upland.me and discover how the upx token can be used to purchase and develop properties it's going yeah. to be cool i have 13 properties so far mr joe Com, how many do you have you're a you're a real estate tycoon i have about 31 so you need to catch up 31 you must have went in there and bought about all the little 20 20 uh, i bought <laughs> all the small ones i'm a slumlord that's um, good I, i'm buying the cheap properties up uh, this episode also brought to you by our friends at eToro. eToro. We love eToro. So if you want to excel in your crypto, what you got to do is you got to have a great trading app, right? And what better than eToro? Because not only is it a great trading app, it also has these social components where you can talk with other traders. And if they're good with their game, well, then you can copy their trades. And that's pretty handy. Or if you want to just try to figure it out on your own, well, they'll also give you $100,000 worth of virtual trading um, so you can go in there and test the markets out. And there's over 11 million other traders out there using uh, their social network. Pretty cool. Go create a, go create an account, badco.in forward slash eToro. And after you go through the process on that page, you know, send us an email with your verification of having done it all. And we'll send you $25 worth of free Bitcoin compliments of Mr. Joel and Mr. Travis here at Bad Crypto. Because who's got your back? We do. So build your best portfolio. Live your best life and uh, click it away. <laughs> was was wondering where that was going. Build your portfolio, live your best life, and eat more shrimp. <laughs> you eat know, all the shrimp. I was thinking last night because everybody's talking about their best life. I I um I might buy it. I might buy the domain, but okayestlife.com oh. is available. 
Well, you better hurry up and buy it before this episode goes out because somebody else will. Okayest know. life. It's not great. It's not the best one, but it's pretty good. Most decentest life. <laughs> All right, let's get to our feature. I have been playing digital games since it was possible. I mean, I remember growing up and going to the bowling alley and they had pinball machines. And suddenly one day up comes this little machine called Pong. And ever since then, I've been hooked on um, on video games and computer games. I just love them. They've come a long way. And we've talked a little bit on the show about blockchain games now becoming You're so addicted thing. to games mr joe com you're so addicted might as well face it i'm addicted to games um, okay. they open up whole new worlds to the people who play them uh are they real or are they fake i don't know they they seem real in their own virtual way anyway while we were in uh las vegas for world crypticon we met ryan rodden who is also a gaming fiend He's been a gamer his entire life, a digital marketer for about 15 years, and he discovered Bitcoin blockchain, and, and through that, the blockchain gaming space, he has launched the Castle Crypto, the website, castlecrypto.gg, and for those of you who don't know what that stands for in the gaming world, it means good game, sometimes good going, but good game, and so there's a .gg domain extension, and Ryan's here today to talk all things blockchain gaming. Ryan, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. What What's your um, your background in reviewing uh, computer games and video games? So I actually only started reviewing games recently with Castle Crypto, but just like you, my entire life, I've essentially been a gamer the entire time. Uh, back when I was in college in the early 2000s, I was uh, so into Counter-Strike that I was playing it in leagues professionally. Um, and at that time, we didn't have anything like Twitch, for example. Um, so you couldn't make a career out of it and there weren't esports leagues. So uh, my gaming went to the extent of probably, I don't know if I would call it an addiction necessarily, but to the point where um, I would consider myself an expert or a professional in certain games. But on the review side of things, in the 90s, I probably, like you, was a big Nintendo guy, Sega Genesis. And I would actually make all of my gaming choices based on reviews that I would read. So GamePro Magazine, um, early iterations of IGN.com or other sites. And I was really excited for that to come in the mail or whatever, you know, every month to read the review. And if it was an honest review, hopefully uh, try to decide what games to play. So when blockchain came, gaming came around, uh, one of the biggest issues with the space is, A, that it's super new and uh, it's in its infancy. But most of the time, you have no idea what to play, right? In 2017, we went through this whole ICO situation where there were scams and all kinds of things going on. So, you know, a lot of people are always wondering, where do I go? Who should I talk to? What game should I play? And so the idea with Castle Crypto was therefore born. And since I've been a digital marketing guy for, you know, 15 years now, um, I decided to just take the wheel and and start creating some reviews. Mm, nice. Now I remember then back in the Nintendo days, I had a subscription and got the very first episode or very first issue of Nintendo Power. Yep. Which yep. was very which was very cool. I remember back in '86 getting that for Christmas, and here it is, 2019, and for Christmas I got my my kids the uh, Xbox One. Uh, thing with the 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 um what is it the batch thing with with the bundle with the jedi the new jedi game that yeah. came out so 
So here, yeah. here's an Xbox controller, Mr. Joe Com. Look at this. I'm evolving. <laughs> I'm, I've been I've been playing a I've been playing a little bit uh, of games. Normally, I don't play games at all. We always have conversations about this because I realized whenever I had the Nintendo 64, when I spent 150 to 200 hours trying to master Zelda, that Jesus, I could have spent these 150 200 hours like learning something productive. <laughs> And like learning to code or working on my website yeah, or something. That, that's the thing, Travis, is you don't understand that you people build skills playing games. I mean, if you, if you look at the history of games, period, not even video games, when you play a game, you know, like Monopoly, you learn skills, you learn bartering skills, you learn strategy. There's so much more. I mean, just take the ideas of what you learn from games and apply it to video games, and that True. stuff carries over. I'm the king of Hyrule now. I mean, I have been since 1999, so, I mean, I don't know what you're talking you're about. King. I'm the king of Hyrule. I, me and Ganon are ruling it together. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, Ryan Rodden. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to call you Rowdy Ryan Rodden because that was a hot rod. <laughs> that was a, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Um, so, so what are some of the trends that you're seeing as as you're reviewing these blockchain games? Like, I mean, are they mostly are they DApps? Are they built on blockchain on their own? Are they so, so they have components? Like, what are some of the, the landscape and, and the things that you're seeing right now? So just really quickly on the point that you just brought up about playing games and making it seem like a waste of time, right? Uh, blockchain gaming is actually possibly changing that aspect because I don't know if you're familiar with World of Warcraft or if you've ever played a game like World of Warcraft where you spend all this time in a virtual world and you grind and you earn all this gear, right? But the second you leave World of Warcraft, you, all those swords and things are meaningless, right? You have I miss, to my, I miss my digital virtual swords. Right. Well, blockchain gaming now allows you to uh, earn those things, take them outside the game on a blockchain on external markets, sell them, melt them into cryptocurrency. So you could actually arguably play games for take it with me know, on the subway. I want to take my yeah. ultimate sword on the subway. <laughs> um, but uh, back to your question about trends and stuff. Um, yeah. So most games right now, at least some of the best games I've played, even though most of them currently uh, are sort of in like alpha status, they're they're not even in beta yet. They're in alpha. So most games you actually can't even really play to the fullest extent. Um, most of them are using Ethereum. So, for example, you design your game and then you just simply um, reference the Ethereum blockchain whenever you need to. Right. So you might have the same exact type of a dungeon crawler game that you played in 1997, 2010, right? Where you're just swinging swords, stabbing enemies and stuff like that. But when your inventory and your swords and your gold and everything is collected, it might actually be referencing the Ethereum blockchain or a side chain that, uh, you know, certain companies might be developing. For, for example, Engine is developing their own side chain, which will then, you know, eventually go on to the main chain for Ethereum. Um, that's typically what we're seeing now. Um, there's other, you know, there's EOS is also being used uh, in some cases, but I think the, the majority are on uh, Ethereum. Uh, I've also seen Steam being used uh, in the case of Splinterlands, which used to be called Steam Monsters, actually, um, where they're publishing to the Steam blockchain. So every interaction that happens is recorded on the Steam blockchain. Um, so basically, blockchain is just an additional element of the game. But traditionally, you're actually making the game itself kind of like you always would, right? Like you're, if you're building World of Warcraft versus World of Warcraft with blockchain, there's really only one main element, 
that's different, which is how items and things are stored, right? They're non-fungible tokens, or there's only a certain amount, right? There's a scarcity factor. So I think that's the uh, the main difference so far. So when we take a look at what's out there right now in the landscape, we've had yep. Splinterlands on the show. They were on a crypto spotlight segment, and uh, I've looked at that a little bit. But you know, last year, uh, both Travis and I got in on Gods Unchained, yes. which it looks like they have actually rolled out a game that has a significant audience. And maybe you could talk a little bit more about what their accomplishments have been. And now there is a marketplace open for these uh these cards yes so what what start with explain for people who don't know what is gods unchained okay so the easiest way to understand is probably if you know what hearthstone is so there's a there's a very super popular game called hearthstone made by blizzard which is a trading card game you basically battle another player by placing cards on the mat Um, if you're not familiar with these types of games then it might be hard to understand gods unchained gods unchained is essentially the blockchain version of a hearthstone so it's you know intended to be decentralized versus hearthstone which is a blizzard game now you may recall back in early october there was actually an incident where a blizzard player of hearthstone made a comment about the hong kong situation blitz chung is that right uh yeah blitz chung or something i'm not quite sure what his name was but uh, Blizzard was not happy with that situation, right? So they actually threatened to remove his earnings from the game. They threatened to stop him from playing the game. Like, you know, you know we're not going to let you play based on this, blah, blah, blah. So Gods Unchained responded to that on Twitter and got thousands of retweets. And what their message was, was, you know, imagine Hearthstone, but this can't happen. Okay, so it's a trading card game where, you have cards and you own all of your cards, which can also be traded on a market or earned in some way. And then we can't stop you from doing anything with, with them, right? Because it's on Ethereum. So if I wanted to send three cards to Travis right now, uh, essentially no one could stop me from doing that. And once they're transferred to him, it's up to him to use them in the game or do whatever he wants. You know, he can immediately just get rid of them. If he's like, I don't know who, who the hell wants to play this, right? Um, so Gods Unchained uh, is essentially one of the largest and most, I would say, in terms of progress, they made the most progress. They got a $15 million investment recently. Um, so, you know. Aren't they toy tied to Coinbase with the investment? So, yeah. So Coinbase actually, um, I guess, was an official partner, quote unquote, um, which, you know, actually, I've heard rumors that, uh, you know, they, they apparently had given them funding. But from what I've heard, it actually wasn't that much initially, um, which led to swirlings that Gods Unchained was possibly just another scam because initially you could actually buy all these gods unchained cards for like a year right so people would log to go to the site and they'd say hey buy a pack of cards and then you couldn't do anything with them right for like an entire year you're sitting there on your cards going okay what the hell am i going to do with these cards uh coinbase a lot of people put their names on this game you know uh in an attempt i guess to be like well if this is successful you know we want to be a part of it but i heard that they actually didn't go in that strong. So like recently Gods Unchained got 15 million, but I think at first, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how much they originally got. And have you played the game and what's your assessment? So I have actually personally not played the game. Uh, however, we have Tom from Castle Crypto, who's our main game tester. Um, so far, his opinion of it is so out of five stars, he originally gave it three and a half stars for the, for his uh, initial play. He said it was a little buggy. Uh, matchmaking didn't work. Uh, cards were imbalanced, right? So there were corrections that needed to be made. And he now considers it a five-star game. Of all the blockchain games out there, 
you know, like I've, I've actually played Splinterlands far more than this particular game, Gods Unchained. So I haven't played it myself. I do own a lot of cards, though. But, you know, as, as of right now, Tom, who's our main player, he considers it uh, a top game. And we have given games one star. So I'm actually pretty brutal. And I encourage uh, the guys that test games with me to be pretty ruthless. Um, I gave a game one star uh, last spring. And had no problem doing it. What was it? It's called Drug Wars. So I don't know if you're familiar with those calculator games from back in the day, um, like a TI-89 calculator. You remember that, Travis, by any chance? Dude, there's this game, and it's still around. Uh, it's I, I actually wish it would be blockchain. It was called Pimp War. And, yeah, uh, similar to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pimp, you ever play Pimp War? I've heard of it, but I think it's similar to Drunk War, Drug Wars. No, dude, it, it's, it's been around for over 20 years, Pimp War. Yeah. And I actually met like a great friend from that game way back in the day who became like a developer we worked with on, on a bunch of projects, but the whole objective of pimp war is you're a pimp and you got to have hoes and you got to keep the hoes happy with drugs and you got to have thugs to protect your hoes. And then your thugs got to have beer and they got to have guns. And if not, then they're not feeling good. And then you do drive bys on other pimps and try to steal their hoes and kill their thugs and make more money by selling more drugs and it's just hilarious and it was one of those calculator type of games just text-based sort of a yeah, sort of exactly. a thing but man if somebody could put pimping on a blockchain don't them up for it dogs <laughs> dude we're, it, it'll be on the front page of castle crypto <laughs> that pimp chain pimp chain uh yeah so just quickly okay. drug war was uh drug wars was a calculator game that uh used to be popular it's all text-based and then some guy some team tried to put it on steam and they hyped it up and hyped it up and hyped it up and then they released it it was the biggest steaming pile of crap possible like couldn't Literally, even, couldn't even play steam. It. yeah i mean which was fine to release it on steam but it was so unplayable there were no instructions all these people were just dumping steam into it to buy weapons and booze and guns and you couldn't do anything and i was like get out of here this game's you know you gotta have drive-bys your thugs and your hoes gotta be fighting you know <laughs> And it, it was just the most ridiculous game, but it was just so hilarious to me. Because you don't have to spend any time. Basically, you just come in. Yeah. Oh, last 24 hours, you have these many turns because the time has gone by. You use all your turns, and then you leave, and then you come back yeah. the next day. And yeah, exactly. That was one of the funniest games I've ever played, and I would still play it to this day, but I don't. Well, if somebody listening to this, go out there and make uh, Pimp Wars, and I'll yeah, put it pimp on the front pimp, You need Pimp, pimp, pimp Chain. <laughs> <laughs> You can have cards dressed up like, oh, I got a new pimp hat today. Check out my yeah. pimp boots. I got a pimp cane. Pimp cane on the pimp chain. So what are some of the, the other games that have your attention that people might want to take a look at? So my favorite game right now uh, is Forgotten Artifacts. And the reason is that uh, it's a Diablo style game. So if you ever played Diablo from, you know, Back in the day, there's Diablo 1, Diablo 4 just got announced where you're, you're crawling dungeons from hell, you know, and you're, you're hacking monsters up. But they, uh, so they are uh, an engine project. So if you're familiar with engine, E-N-J-I-N, um, which to me is one of the leading gaming crypto uh, projects that's basically giving you all the tools you need to create a blockchain game. Um, they have, Forgotten Artifacts has been fantastic in implementing other people's items into their game. Okay, so... Again, when we were talking about the difference between blockchain games and like World of Warcraft, if you have the engine wallet, which Joel, I know you have one because uh, we're going to talk about the token in a second. You like Forgotten Artifacts actually gave people weapons before the, the game was even released. And you might be like, well, what the hell is the point of that? Why even do that? 
Well, the reason is that um, those items are actually just on the Ethereum blockchain, okay? They're not in the game. They could be part of any game. It's up to games to take those items and implement them. And Forgotten Artifacts has done a great job with reaching out to other crypto projects in the, in the gaming community and other communities saying, hey, you know, we saw that you have such and such token. If you log into our game tomorrow, you know, you will have you'll be able to wear that hat. Right. So you have a hat in such a, a different game. If you log in, uh, you'll be able to play it. So um, they're continually evolving the game. It's, it's kind of a, you know, just a quick dungeon crawling experience right now but it's you know continually evolving but they're basically demonstrating the beauty of uh, the engine project what it might become the innovation around blockchain gaming and again we're so new to this that you know we don't, we don't know if it's going to work out well we don't know how ethereum is going to hold up so there's a lot of question marks but forgotten artifacts to me is i think one to take a look at you can play it um, you can earn a lot of items they have a founder's token um, so that's one one of my favorites. So we had we had Kurt uh, Burgett on the show several episodes ago, and he was he's got he uh, we were talking about different projects that are DApps and different games that are sort of popping up. And there's the website DApp Radar that talks about like which blockchains. And um, so DApp Radar basically has like all these different like oh here are games and things that are built on Tron. Here are some that are built on EOS. Here are some that are built on Ethereum. And it seems like, at least on that website that's keeping track of that stuff, is that there's more on Tron and EOS than there are on Ethereum. Is that is that kind of what you're seeing as well? And and why is that the case, if it is the case? Yeah, so it's interesting because um, it depends on how they're classifying the games, in my opinion, because a lot of them might actually be gambling. Um, so, uh, for instance... You know, most there's a lot of gambling projects, from my understanding, on Tron um, and also EOS and even Ethereum. But um, like, for instance, dice rolling games or like betting style games. Mm -hmm. And so if those are classified as games, quote unquote, you know, I guess it would depend on what people would consider a game. Like if I'm if I'm gambling and playing, you know, online roulette or something, does that you know, would you consider that a blockchain game or is that blockchain gambling? Um, I'm well, not like a, well, it would be, be a game, but it's like you're talking like with these Splinterlands and Gods Unchained. Those are like sort of card games, adventure game kind of things, right? And then there, yeah. there's just different types of games. These are gambling games. They're still a game on the blockchain, but you're talking more of a specific genre. Yeah. So I'm just saying that, um, you know, people might be using the Tron blockchain, for example, because it might be more suited to a certain type of game for whatever reason. I myself am not an expert on Tron. I haven't been following it that closely, but that could be one of the reasons why people are implementing it on their specific style of game, whether that's a casino game, whether that's a dungeon crawler. Um, some games are utilizing things like Loom um, or Engine, like I mentioned previously, um, which happens to be on Ethereum. But I think what's going to happen in the future is, you know, we're just going to see an explosion of projects on all of these, you know, smart contract related platforms. So EOS, Tron. So quite honestly, I'm not sure, you know, if there's a benefit necessarily to using Tron versus Ethereum. Like let's say if you're creating a casino game, um, but I'm sure in the future you're going to see, you know, all kinds of stuff pop up. And I'm looking at yeah. DAP, DAP radar and I can see, yeah, there's a lot of gambling, um, 
a lot of stuff here. Well, we'll see more, you know, built on like the Unity engine, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. using established gaming engines. So, you know, when I purchased cards for Gods Unchained, having played Hearthstone, I saw this as, hey, there could be an opportunity. And I haven't listed, I haven't sold any cards yet. Now that the marketplace is open, I'm going to list a few. I don't know if they're actually, are people buying them? So according to what I'm, I, so I follow OpenSea fairly closely. I know the guys from OpenSea and it seems like they are. Okay. The only thing is, um, you know, some of these larger cards are people, you know, obviously the pricing and the market is totally like kind of like a who knows right now, right? Because right. the game is so new and people have these rare cards and powerful cards, but you don't really know what what is the price. Has the price disco- been discovered yet on what some of these things should be, you know? So I see a lot of transactions on very weak, small cards for like very, very small amounts of Ethereum, you know, just moving all flying all over the place. Or a nickel and a quarter and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you'll see guys pay $62,000 for one extremely rare, like a one of a kind, or there's like one of four Gods Unchained cards, right? Well, that's because an investment for them, right? Right, exactly. So I understand that. But like on this game, you mentioned Forgotten Artifacts. By the yeah. way, the website is ForgottenArtifacts.io. Yeah. All of these games require you to purchase to play. And in this case, they have these um, adventure stones that you buy. There's right. different size packs. Now, is that just to play, or is there a chance that by purchasing something with engine coin that those will increase in value? Can it be seen as an investment in most of these games? Yeah, so Forgotten Artifacts initially didn't have those adventure stones when they first started. You could just download the demo, play, crawl the dungeons, and actually f- discover swords and all this stuff. And the way it was was with the deeper you got, the better chance you had of finding something like very rare, for example. Um, yeah, they did implement the, you know, adventure stones like that. You know, it seems like they're fairly cheap to get started. I know a lot of these games are trying to to get people to play for free. They get you hooked and then you pay like, you know, small amounts to get in. Um, so, you know, uh, I believe Splinterlands actually just moved to that. So they, they used to be pay to play, but now they're actually, there's a free model where you get the basic pack. It's just the essentials. And then you jump in, you know, you can uh, buy anything you want from that point on. Yeah, it's tough because I think if you're going to onboard users and you require them to pay up front, it may not be the smartest thing. I don't know. Again, some of this stuff is so new and so early. I really don't know, like, is a founder's uh, or sorry, an adventure stone model the right way to go? I have no idea. They might have made that decision for whatever reason. Um, But, you know, in a lot of cases, it's only a couple bucks. So you know, these guys are putting in hard work. And I'm a believer that, you know, you should pay for something. If somebody put a lot of hard work, you feel like it's an honest project and you want to support the project, um, pay a couple bucks, you know, I mean, is it going to kill you to do that? Um, but then again, a lot of people are cheap and they're going to say, you know, I want the free to play and that might be the faster way to onboard people. So now we had uh, someone on the show not long ago, raccoon world, R A K U N world. And they built this engine that allows people to sort of create, what they call crypt oink, and basically it's like crypto kitties, yeah. but the pigs, and yeah, now in and three D, and three D, yeah. and then you can race the the you can race them. So crypto kitties is great, and eh. well, it was unique in the fact that you can create different modifications and have a cool cat. But then what? The cat doesn't do anything; he just sits there and stupid. This takes the crypto pigs, and then it's whoa, you get a cool pig and you can modify your pig or whatever and then race your pig versus other people and then win cryptos by having the fastest piggy. Like, is this is this a trend? Because it just seems like 
it's like, oh, we're going to generate and we're going to, we're breeding this and that. Now we got a new thing and now you have that. And now we're going to go do Olympics. Yes, it is definitely a trend where people are creating pigs and crabs and monsters and things where you breed them. Um, like I said, there's an example called Cryptic Ooh, Crab. I want to breed a monster with a crab. That sounds awesome. Like, yeah. So you don't want to get those at the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you basically create a mutant crab and then uh, you give each other crabs. That's you know, so you send tired. you send. Them Why across. am I yeah. here, Mr. Joel Kahn? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a huge trend. Like I said, I, I think Crypto Kitties, unfortunately, uh, happened, and people call that a blockchain game. I don't really even think it's a game. It's more of just a collectible scarcity situation that blew up quickly because you know you never really saw something like that before. So everyone wanted in on it. They had to have it. They had to have a rare cat because you know God only knows how long it's going to uh, take to become valuable. And you could take those cats, for example, and bring them into Gods Unchained. So even Gods Unchained got in on that and said, hey, you know, you can turn your, your cat into a collectible item for Gods Unchained. Um, I think the trend is going to die. There's no way it's going to last um, because ultimately people want to play games like Fortnite, right? That onboard tons of users. They're fun. They're addictive. And you keep playing it. But if you're going to be battling crab versus crab, you know, okay, fine. That might be fun for like 20 minutes. But, you know, is it going to last five years? I don't know. Spy versus spy, spy versus spy lasted for decades. Why can't yeah, we have pig versus pig? We can do pig versus pig, pig. versus crab <laughs> versus cat. Have a, have a- well, there's there's so many. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at the latest um, on the main page at castlecrypto.gg. We've got battle racers um, that has Tesla and Binance themed cars. Now, is that licensed by permission? Yeah, so this was actually a shock where uh, Battle Racers, I believe, is actually part of Decentraland. So if you know what, if you're familiar with what Decentraland is. It's like Second Life type kind of sort of on blockchain, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so they, they're they basically publishing. Uh, Battle Racers came out with a situation where they're doing what a lot of people do to onboard people, which is give away a crate, a loot box or something where, you know, you pay a small amount and then you get a random assortment of stuff. And they announced that they have a you know Tesla inspired, so it's it's, it's obviously inspired off the Cybertruck uh, items and a Binance uh, logo car. Now I've seen Battle Racers interacting with Binance directly on Twitter about this, so I'm assuming Binance is totally fine with it. Um, but yeah, with Tesla, I have no idea. I mean, it looks exactly like the Cybertruck. It's got like a like a tail on it though. So yeah, I, in, in that situation, I'm not sure what uh, you know if there's any infringement there. But the, what they're obviously trying to do is get you to buy a crate and then see if, uh, you know, you get something random uh, out of that box. So Cool deal. Now, we're noticing a, a, a trend with, you know, people being able to create their own tokens and being able to, you know, trade things within, you know, in between games. Some of that stuff's happening. Like, what are some of the other sort of trends that you're noticing around with, with tokens you talked about engine and some other stuff wax is doing some things as well right so maybe what are some of the things that you're seeing that we should maybe keep an eye on yeah so i think let's just talk about engine tokens for example uh you can actually mint your own tokens through engine which are backed by engine coin okay so you can actually create so actually joel i sent you a castle crypto collectible token which is one of a hundred now my engine wallet yeah so what's cool about that is that there's a couple ways to be creative with that one is I could go to Forgotten Artifacts and say, hey, Forgotten Artifacts, um, this token exists. I'll send you one or like, you know, maybe we do a co-promotion. Yep, that's it. And he might say, OK, if you have this token in your wallet, 
you can wear that suit of armor, right? So that's a picture of a, of a knight with, you know, a suit of armor, right? So by doing that, I'm actually implementing myself into his game because I created a token that is could be a suit of armor, right? So so we could create a bad coin token, and then they, if they have that card, then they could wear the bad suit of armor in the game or something. Exactly, right? Oh so well, I actually up. did that, Travis. I created 10 bad coin tokens on engine. Okay. Oh, nice. Now well, you can buy them guys... for fifteen hundred bucks each. We're selling them for. Well, <laughs> now there's thirty five hundred now each. Sorry, you guys. Stop. So uh, there's a lot of creative things that can be done with that because you can scan a QR code and have people like beam them into their wallet, right? So you could put it up on this podcast and then send them to people, right? If you had like a video version. Now you could also use that as a digital ticket. So you guys, I went to your Vegas party, uh, you know, after party in Vegas, right? So I was there while we were all and like having some fun in the, in, uh, the room there. And uh, you could say to people, look, if you don't have the bad crypto token, you can't come to this party, right? So get one now, trade them, throw them around. You know, whoever has one, you can come in because they're scarce, right? So you create, let's say you create 50 or 100 of them. You know, people show up to an event and you could say, listen, if you don't have the bad token, you're not coming in. Not only that, um, you know, you could join such and such game, Forgotten Artifacts or whatever, and have like a bad crypto suit of armor if you have that token. Right. So, this, so, but how, how? What wallet do you use to to hold those in? And like, how? What mobile device? Like, what are we going to use to see that to verify? Oh, they're going to show me what wallet? The engine wallet? Is that what they're going to show us? Yeah. So technically, the tokens are assigned to your Ethereum address. So anything that would be able to check Ethereum, you know, technically, if you're nerdy enough, you could figure it out. The engine wallet gives you a cool display. Um, so I don't want to sound like an engine fanboy here. It's not my intention. I'm just bringing it up because it's it's far along and you know you can actually visually see these things so um like the castle crypto uh, token that joel has has a visual image of the token which is displayed in the engine wallet so not every wallet is going to have that visual display but what you would be able to do is just simply have a uh something that checks the ethereum address and you say hey what's your address and they go okay here it is and you just go and, and say okay yeah that token is assigned to you right just like an erc20 uh, uh coin if you're familiar with erc20s and so you could, you know, be like, yeah, yeah, you're not coming into this party because we're looking at your Ethereum wallet and you don't have it, bro. So I also see a recent article for a game called Hash Rush. And I remember when I first got into crypto, that was one of the very first games that I saw out there. And I think I threw, you know, a couple hundred bucks yeah. behind this thing. And I'm just shocked and surprised to see that it's actually still happening. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of games that um, have been lurking for a while, and then you know you don't really know what's going to happen with them. I, which you know, assuming that 90% of games will fail, will fail, just like you know a lot of small businesses. Um, what's interesting about this particular game is that it's a real-time strategy. Um, so I was a big StarCraft player, uh, WarCraft player, still am today. Um, and so the real-time strategy aspect of a game might be very cool if there's a blockchain aspect to it. You know, but again, some of these games are so early, you know, even though you can play them, you're playing an alpha version or like a pre-alpha, which is like you get to play for 20 minutes or, you know, just a very, very brief situation um, that's been created. And you really can't tell if it's going to be good or not. Um, but we do try to keep an eye on things. Every All the news that you see is as fresh as possible. We try to we try to verify it with the game creators if the facts are correct. And, uh, you know, if we review the game, we actually tell everyone, you know, you're not going to pay for a good review. It's not going to happen. If you give us a game or if you're putting it out into the public, it's free reign. You know, so if we uh, shred it for being a bad game, you know, you should have you should have <laughs> cleaned it up a little bit before you uh, published it. 
Yeah. Don't be bringing us no crappy games, y'all. I just, I, I love the way it works. For example, I went to, on your recommendation, I'm going to Forgotten Artifacts, and I'm like, oh, I've got a little engine in my wallet. I'm going to go ahead and buy some of these, you know, this this pack. And yeah. you open up your wallet, you scan the QR code, and put in your password, and boom. And now, after it, you know, hits the blockchain, these, uh, there it is, purchase successful. Right. And, uh, and and it's done. And now I've got, I don't know, 681 of these, whatever they are. Now I need to download the game and actually try it. Yeah. And you're so multitasking, Mr. Joe Khan, interviewing and downloading the cryptos. Oh, man. See, that's one of the skills you learn from games, Mr. Travis, right? Oh, I see. Wow. I'm, I'm enlightened now. I'm all multitasking. All right, so, so so I don't know, it was a few years ago I had this idea, this dream. It was actually a very vivid adventure dream that, that happened one night. And so I, I was sitting there, and then it was sort of like this Indiana Jones character was like a teacher, an archaeology teacher, a professor at some university. But before that, like, there's there's this, like, the Nazis were attacking this village and going door to door, and, and there was this thing called the Atlantean Orb. And there was like this crystal ball thing. And like, I, I saw the dad, it was like Sean Connery put his, put his wife in there. And then he was, he jumped in and then he was getting ready to grab young Indiana Jones. And then right whenever he, he was getting ready to go into the Atlantean orb, the Nazis grabbed the kid and then grabbed the orb. And they take that Atlantean orb and they place it in the vaults of the Vatican. And then I was just thinking, I was like, damn, this is the vaults of the Vatican. There's probably all kinds of crazy stuff that they don't want us to know in the vaults of the Vatican, right? And so then the idea was, oh, well, this Indiana Jones guy discovers that that Atlantean orb might be in the vaults of the Vatican. And so they go there, the Pope dies, they end up going into the vault, all this crazy stuff ends up happening. But then they find these scrolls inside the vaults of the Vatican. And each one of these scrolls is correlated to one of the, um, you know, seven wonders of the ancient world, like in Baghdad, or in, in 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 ancient Babylon or whatever, the Hanging Gardens and all these other sort of places, which were real locations in the world. And then while you were talking here, I was thinking, damn, I always thought that could be like a movie, the vaults of the Vatican. I had this whole this whole universe sort of planned out, which could because then what happens is once you get all seven of those stones that correlate to those scrolls, like the fabric of the universe cracks open and like heaven and hell. And angels and demons and stuff start going. I don't know. Just this cra- it was the craziest dream I've literally ever had, and it was like an epic movie. But it seems like that could almost be like a video game of some sort, where maybe I don't know. We, we were chatting about that. It, where could that go? Yeah. So I don't know if you realize this, but Engine is actually already building this sort of into their multiverse, which which is what they call it. So they have something called the Engine Monolith which is a one-of-one NFT that you can look up on their engine marketplace. And nobody really knows what it is or what it's for. It's just a giant picture of this, like, you know, uh, crystal-looking thing. And it's actually backed by, like, 1.2 million engine coin. And So if you, like, find it, you get, like, a million engines or something? Yeah, so you would essentially, well, here's the deal. With engine items, um, because they're backed by the crypto, you have a choice of holding on to it and then using the item for whatever it can be used for, or you can choose to melt it. Now, if you decided to melt that thing down into 1.2 million engine, I'm sure the entire community would literally be headhunting you forever because mm. you, you would destroy the, the uh, item. 
but you would get 1.2 million uh, engine coin. Okay, so screw it, I'm melting it. Yeah, yeah. So they have a hashtag called Melt is Murder. Um, but to your point, uh, they have a there's lore out there in the engine universe where there's like this comic book style story uh, where there's just like imaginary bull fighting this imaginary bear. And there are NFT items created um, that are one of one or like two of two. And nobody knows what they're going to be for. Nobody knows like what the future holds for them. But they're these mysterious things that, you know, like to your giant Indiana Jones story, you're probably going to have to find this, like follow this trail of lore. You might have to go into different games. So you might have Mm -hmm. to go into Forgotten Artifacts, find something, then you go into a different game. And then they have something built in at the very end. You put this huge puzzle together. So this kind of idea that you just that came out of your head comes out of a lot of gamers' heads too, and I think they're building this kind of thing. Not mm-hmm. to mention, not to mention, you can take a QR code and hide them around the real world. So I can have a yeah. QR code and hide it, go to the actual Vatican, maybe on the wall or something, and paste it there. And then someone could go scan it and get an item, right? And there might only be one item you get from that. So the first person to find that QR code gets a real uh item and then that could be taken into a video game it could be you know melted down or whatever whatever you want to do with it but mm-hmm. the bad coin sword is what you want yeah so, the, yeah so you could have the legend of the bad coin sword and however long it takes to find it you know it's there's a qr code somewhere and but you know but basically the idea you just described indiana jones style there are universes in the gaming world that are already sort of creating that idea Nice. Well, if anybody wants to do the vaults of the Vatican, uh, reach out to us. Maybe we need to have somebody from Engine on again to to chat about some of their advances because it sounds like they're doing some really cool stuff that no one else is doing. Yeah, they're very quiet, though. They don't reveal a lot. There's also something called the Engine Briefcase. There's a picture of a there's a cartoon picture of this guy holding a briefcase. And apparently there's a huge mystery about what's inside of it. And, you know, people sound like like, they're doing it right. They're keeping people guessing. So that's that's a good way to build buzz. Nice stuff. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you coming on, sharing about the gaming world and blockchain, the website, castlecrypto.gg. Good game, my friend. Thanks again. Thanks for having me, guys. See, Mr. Travis Wright, the gaming industry is burgeoning. Burgeoning, I say. Burgeoning. That's a great word. Yeah. In fact, we've got one other shout out we want to give. We had these folks on the show recently. The game is called Raccoon. It's a Japanese game studio. They've got all kinds of branded intellectual property and they've pivoted to blockchain. In fact, they released Japan's first blockchain game. It's Raccoon, R-A-K-U-N, because it's almost 2020. And that's what you do is you spell things differently. And they had uh, they have this other they have their raccoon pr- platforms up and running their tokens rolling they have the crypt oink and oink book <laughs> available which creates the economy and they have a future titles that are going to be coming out as well and they want to expand that stuff globally so check it out raccoon so check it out go to raccoonworld.com r a k u n they've actually put our episode that we did the interview with them on the page there. So you might see our faces on the episode number 336 titled Blockchain Analytics and Crypto Piggies. Yeah, I'm really huge in Japan and other countries too because I'm big. 
Hey, everybody. We appreciate you. We are, you know, here in the thick of the holiday season. I know many of you are getting ready to travel. Make sure that you subscribe to the show and tell your podcast player to automatically download episodes. That way, as we release content over the holidays, you'll be like laying on the beach or hanging out with family. And you'll be like, oh, got a new episode of Bad Crypto to listen to because we're still going to be putting out great crypto content. We have so many interviews coming your way. I mean, it is just been a tidal wave of fantastic content and we can't wait to share it all with you a tidal wave speaking of which you will be on near christmas you'll be on a beach somewhere i imagine yeah to an undisclosed location you're a son of a beach i mean i don't want the whole world to come track me down i mean if somebody finds me sure come say hello but i'm not telling you where i'm going ask me i'll tell you nope don't ask him I know where you live, Mr. Travis. Right? Hey, 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 stay back. I know, I know the property you just bought on uh, on Upland <laughs> there in Haight-Ashbury where you, you're sitting around smoking all those Wheaties. You know what? I could not buy the Ben & Jerry's ice cream parlor yet. It's not for sale, but I wanted yeah. it. But, you know, we just had a call with them, and uh, we think this is pretty cool. Can't wait to bring them on. They're going to be on the show in early January, probably mid-January. I'm guessing based on uh, what our schedule is like right now and hope that everybody's enjoying this time of year. I just got a text message from a friend and I'm going to respond to it. So you guys stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.